0: welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope you enjoy it.
1: It's great to be in God's heartbeat. It's great to be right at the centre of of God's will. Uh, It's great to be in the centre of God's blessing. Father, I just pray uh, that through this morning, through uh, this day, this week, our lives, that your blessing, that your favour would never leave us, that you would always keep your face turned towards us and we would keep our face turned towards you. Amen. amen. We're in Acts chapter 5, if you haven't got a Bible. uh, The hosting team will quite happily come and bring you a Bible. We're on page 1097, Acts 5. We've done Acts 3 and 4 in the last few weeks, and the second time today. You can take out your phones if you want to, but I really love reading uh, actual pages and words from Scripture in a book, so uh, that's a good thing to do. Uh, One, two, three. I would love you to say... The words bold obedience after one, two, three. One, two, three. Rubbish. One, two, three. Bold That's not a bad start, can I tell you, in your bold obedience and how you're going to be obedient to God. And I pray, I'm praying for you, and I've been praying for you. Uh, that, that as you read the word of God, that as you become aware of his amazing boldness in your life through the power of the Spirit who has come to make his home in your heart when you say, I believe in you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me and all that you continue to do. When you say that, when God makes his home in in your heart, when you pray bold prayers, when you're obedient to God's word and his direction, his will and his plans for your life, I'm praying for you that you will come to life yourself, that you will flow with the Spirit, You will see things that you've never seen before, experience things you've never seen before, that you will come to know life in all its fullness. I will continue to pray for you as we uh, go into next week. Uh, You know, uh, if you're new here, my name is Ron. I am the vicar. I sometimes call myself senior pastor. I do that because uh, most of my staff team are called pastors. So it makes sense for me to be the senior pastor or the lead pastor. Uh, And if you don't know, if you don't really know me, I I never wanted to be a vicar. Uh, I never wanted to be a church leader. In fact, there are days when I still don't want to be a vicar or a church leader. But God had other plans. When Roe and I came to faith, uh, when we came to faith back in a little place called Georgeham, I'll show you a picture in a bit, um, this little village, we were young and... uh, Well, that's the moment when you say, yeah, thank you. Still young. Thank you. Um, We were young and we had little children, a four-year-old and a one-year-old, and it made sense in the season of life that we were in that we opened up our house. um, We used to have sort of 50 or so people in our house, some people who were in church and other people who were just members of our community. But we brought them together because we wanted them to see this Jesus and know who this Jesus was, and we thought we would be helpful in pointing them towards this chap, this God, and it made sense to us that that was what God was calling us to do. It was the season of life that we were in, so we were making the best of who we were. And we went to the vicar one day. Roe and I had been working together and leading together for years. And we went to the vicar saying, "Actually, what we really want to do is we want to continue to minister as part of your church, but we'd love you to endorse us as your families and children's ministers because that was where we were at." And he said no. He said no. And that really hurt. You know, when you get told, no, you can't do something, it really hurts. And that cut us to the quick. And a couple of months later, he came back and he said, but Ron, I think God's calling you to be a vicar and you should be obedient to that. And I know some of you are thinking that you'd rather wish that I hadn't been quite so obedient I'd never become a vicar in the first place. But that's how I got to be standing here with you. And I believe that God wants to speak to many of you and for you to respond this morning to the promptings of the Spirit and the teachings of His Word And when you boldly obey, you will experience God in a new and tangible and fresh way. So let's open up the scriptures. We're in Acts 5.17. Acts 5.17. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. So here's what we're going to do. As we watch these early church members, they obey, they boldly obey. I'm going to show you three principles this morning. So if you're taking notes, take out a notepad, or if you're writing on your iPad, that's fine. The first thing I want you to note is that bold obedience usually triggers opposition. A bold obedience will trigger, will equal opposition. And Maybe you're sat there thinking, you know, I'm, I'm being obedient to God. I'm doing, I think I'm doing the things that he wants me to do. Um, and yet there's all this cack that comes towards me and comes at me and is in my life or the life of the people that I love or my neighbours or whatever else it might be, my work colleagues. There's all this horror around us and all this evil around us. And if you read uh, verse 18, they, the religious leaders, they arrested the apostles, put them in a public jail. And if you're keeping track, this is the second time that they've been arrested in a very short period of time. And we might be thinking, well, look, that's just outrageous. Why does that sort of thing happen when these people are obviously being obedient to God? Why does this stuff happen to me when I'm being obedient to God? You know, I go to church once or twice a month, even though I don't really need to, you know, I'm being obedient. You know, I, uh, I helped an old lady across the road, you know, I'm being a good person, nothing bad should happen to me. I'm obeying God, I should be married to a kind and caring husband. I'm obeying God, we should have kids that never get sick. I'm obeying God, I should get an an A on, on my exam. I read my Bible today, of course everything should be sweet and rosy in my life. And also, you know, bless God, my football team, that they should go this year totally undefeated. You know, we tend to think that, but the reality is quite tough. When you boldly obey God, you will face opposition. When you obey God, you will face opposition. Here's what you need to know. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience, you are not ready to be used by God. Mm -mm -mm. Oh boy, that is good preaching. Right there and then. But you clearly did not hear me the first time. So I'm going to say that again. If you are not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, you are not ready to be used by God. Because when you obey God, opposition comes. In my life, every single time, every single time that I have obeyed God, that God has used me, I can tell you there has been opposition. I can go through the list if you want. I can go through the list, but many of you are on that list. (laughs) For those of you that are new, I'm only joking. You're not on the list, or am I? Um, Every significant act of obedience to God's word in my life has been met with opposition. I've got a picture here of the place that we left in North Devon. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, three miles of Golden Beach and the Atlantic Rollers coming in. Um, And People said, why would you want to leave here? People around us said, why do you want to leave here? Some people said, why do you want to be a vicar? Why would you want to do that? Other people said, why do you want to be a vicar in the Church of England? You must be bonkers. We faced opposition. You face opposition when you obey God. If you want to obey God, if you want to be obedient this morning, then I'm telling you to get out your diaries and put the words, Opposition is coming, in your diary. Because that is just a reality, a reality check of uh, being obedient to God. And I would suggest that maybe you want to uh, worry if you're not facing any opposition at the moment for obeying God. Because maybe you're not obeying God. If there is no opposition in your life, then maybe you're not obeying God. I don't know what it's going to be for you this morning. Maybe you are sick and tired of all of the debt. Maybe just that noose that's around your neck. You know what the word mortgage means? Mortgage. Death pledge. It's a death grip. Maybe you're just sick of that death grip around you. Maybe, maybe finally you're going to pray and ask God, And God's going to give you some guidance and some direction. And you're going to do something crazy. You're going to end up driving an old banger instead of a brand new car. Or you're going to downsize your house to something that you can manage financially. Maybe, just maybe, you're going to leave a six-bedroom house with a swimming pool right by the beach and end up owning a one-bed flat in Sunbury. Maybe, just maybe, if you're obedient to God, something like that will happen to you. And everyone around you will be like, don't do that. Don't leave this place. What are you doing selling your house with a swimming pool? You you want to be with us, like all the stupid people. Get yourself into debt, borrow more, get larger. Go deeper into debt. Get more of that death grip around your neck. Hold it more tightly. You obey God and you're going to meet opposition. God might call you to do something weird when you're raising your kids. He might say to you, don't put them in the sports club or the football league on a Sunday morning. Bring them to church instead so that they can hear about God and they can worship God. Maybe people will say to you, you, must be mad. How on earth is Woody going to be the next David Beckham if you don't let him go to the football club on a Sunday morning? Just another reality check. Most of your kids are not going to be the next David Beckham. Teach them to obey God. Teach them to worship God. Don't let sport come in the way. You know, opposition's going to come. People are going to say, are you sure you want to do that? You've got to do this. Opposition will come when you obey God in all sorts of shapes and sizes. So thought number one, when you boldly obey God, opposition will come. Number two, when you obey God, when you boldly obey God, you'll often release God's miracles. Uh, I, love the, I love this. Verse 19, if you want to go back to the Scriptures there, verse 19. So this is uh, Luke. He's a doctor. The the, the guy who wrote this uh, part of the the Bible is a physician. He's a doctor. uh, And he just says it like this. He says, um, during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. What a statement. What a statement. Something miraculous happens. And that's all he says. You know, if it's me, I'm kind of like, whoa! angel came down and he was like eight foot tall and he had wings like this and he was flying around the room with a massive sword that could kill an elephant. It was a bright shot. I'd be like, angel, can we get a selfie? Wow, look at this. No, I'd be like that, right? But instead, what happens is an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. So in the middle of their opposition, in the middle of them being in jail, in the middle of them facing this opposition. A miraculous thing happens because they boldly obey, God shows up in miracles, and it's just like, well, that's just what we expect. The people of this book just expected God, the people of this book just expect God to show up and to work his miracles and to do the supernatural. We shouldn't be surprised when God comes through, but often we are, right? We shouldn't be surprised, but often we are. A couple of weeks ago, I taught on bold prayer. Were, were any of you in the room when I taught on bold prayer? If you put your hand up, you might be asked to... Look at that, the hands go straight down. <laughs> you might be asked if you did actually pray any bold prayers. I had a couple of people share with me that they were praying bold prayers. They were praying that God would intervene. In fact, I had one young mum who said, I, I'm not really much of a prayer on, but actually after your sermon, it was so good to know that somebody's listening to me. After your sermon, I went and prayed some bold prayers to God that he would intervene, that he would do something in my child's life, who, their child was not having a good time at school. And by the Wednesday of that week, she was able to say, look, God, the situation had completely resolved itself, and their child was now happy to go to school. And she was praising God for that. I also had somebody who was, um, who was witnessing to a non-Christian friend, and they were going to their party at, uh, at 1 o'clock, after ch- a after church service at 1 o'clock. And as we left here at uh, sort of 11 o'clock in the morning, It was pouring down with rain. And she said, I've been praying, boldly praying and telling my friend, I'm boldly praying that God will open up the heavens and there'll be sunshine. And by sort of half twelve on that day, even though there was rain pouring through, it had all ceased and the sun had come up and she was able to witness to her friend and say, I've been boldly praying for this to happen and this is what my God has done for us. So what does bold obedience do? Has anyone got any bold prayers that they've had answers to? in the chocolates. Because this is participation sport, right? This is not like um, you guys just get to sit on the sidelines. We're all Um, active in this.
0: One of my friends for the last two to three years has been really ill. Um, She's got a problem with her stomach and she developed anorexia. So um, she spent about 10, 11 months in an eating disorder hospital in Scotland Um, and she came back And I went to see her, and it was really difficult. She was in a really, really bad place. And um, she just wasn't very easy to hang around anymore. Um, And so I was praying with Ro about it, and Ro was prompted just to ask God to surprise me. Um, So I was going to see her that afternoon. And on the way, I just said to God, I was just really boldly praying, just surprise me. And the second time I saw her, she was doing so much better. She's um, in the best place she's been with her faith. She said to me, When she was in the hospital, she learned that she had no one else to rely on about God, so she's in the best place in her faith she's ever been. Um, She came with me on Friday night to the Martin Smith event, and um, yeah, she's just doing so much better. She's even applied to study theology now. So, yeah, just amazing how God's moved in her life.
1: Amazing. Well, make sure you tell your friend that studying theology can lead you to some strange places. So what does bold obedience do? It triggers opposition, it releases God's miracles. And number three, it always requires faith. It always requires faith. Every time God prompts you to do something, it's gonna take faith to obey him. It's gonna take faith. Do you have faith? Do you have faith, church? Yeah. Verse 20, the angel of the Lord tells them, go stand in the temple court, tell the people the full message. Of this new life. Now, in case you're paying attention, the angel was saying, "Go back and do the thing that got you thrown in jail the first time. Go back to the authorities and tell them about this Jesus. The people who have the authority and the power to lock you up, stone you, kill you, etc., etc. Go and tell them the thing that got you into trouble for the first, in the first place. Now, that's going to take faith, right? meeting this opposition. It's going to take faith to do that. When God prompts you to do something, it's going to take faith. And you may be like me in those moments and say, God, just give me a few more details. In fact, give me all the details. I want to see where this is going to lead me to. I want to know what's going to be the outcome of this when I take this step of faith. Um, Now, I just want to share with you a story, story from my time in Bristol when I really wanted that and I wanted God to show me what was going to happen in my life. And I was sat with this young man who who had mental illness um, and had debt problems and he was alcoholic. And I knew in that moment, look, one of the things that was going to mark out my ministry was ministering with people on the margins of society. But it really broke my heart and I I went home that day and I was sobbing and I was walking home and um, I said to God, God, will you you give me your heart for people like that? And God said to me, it's going to hurt. I will give you my heart, but it's going to break and it's going to hurt. You know, Because when you trust and when you obey God, when you have faith, it can be painful at times. Okay, I just want you to know about the reality of that, that there, is, there will be pain at times. But I want you to look to Jesus in those moments, and I want you to see where his obedience and his bold obedience to the will of the Father led him to, and it led him to being beaten and betrayed and deserted and hung on a cross for us. So when you feel that pain, look towards Jesus because he shares your pain too and we share in his. If God had given me all the details about how painful it would be, if he'd lit up all of the, 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 the steps for me and told me how painful it would be, I might never have done it. I might just have run away to another country. I may just have stayed by the beach. And some of you may be sitting there right now, and you're saying, okay, God, God, well, wow, that is a Freudian slip. Okay, Ron. <laughs> just a moment. I'm just having a moment. Okay, Ron, where do I start? Where do I find, where do I find the first step that I take? Where, where, if only, Ron, you had the answer in your right hand. You'll, you'll find the first step is to obeying God is to read this we're going to be reading this together over the next year or so. And God will illuminate. He will shine your path. This is what it says in here. That he will shine a path for you so that you'll be able to put a step forward. And then when you've done that in obedience, then you'll be able to put the next step forward. God will light up your path for you. It will be a lamp to your feet. Last summer... Last summer, when God said our vision wasn't big enough, we ended up feeding 5,000 people with surplus food. We gathered 2,000 people for an evangelistic event at Kempton Park. We were served by 300 volunteers. We had 15 churches who came together and over 50 people came to faith. On Friday, we laid it before the local church to say that we believe that God wants us to do even more in our time here. Man, you are quiet today. I just said we fed over 5,000 people with surplus food, 2,000 people gathered in a field across the road, over 50 people came to faith. Yeah, Yeah. I, I, I appreciate your tiny little golf clap. It's wonderful. Some of you are sitting back actually not really caring at all because you have no idea how much faith that took us to do that, and you have no idea the opposition that we faced actually doing that and being obedient to God you have no idea how much opposition we faced and how much faith it took to do something like that for the kingdom of God would you believe it? yes you would some of you are going to be obedient this morning some of you are going to go I don't care I'm going to be, be, be obedient to what God's calling me to do and I'm going to take that next step of faith Some of you, maybe you're just going to be really obedient and God's going to say, I want you to start a life group. And you're going to go, how are we going to do that? It doesn't matter. We're going to start a life group. Come to us, speak to us. Some of you are going to give up some of your time during the week and you're going to come alongside us and minister in one of the different ministries that we run here. Some of you are going to give. Some of you are going to give like you've never given before. Some of you are going to buy a house to put our staff members in. I'm praying bold prayers, right? Now, you did hear me say, buy a house for us to put our staff members in, not a house for me to live in, okay? Not asking for that. Some of you are going to start a ministry, start a business, or you're going to make some reconciliation with someone that you've been apart from. Some of you are going to be obedient and are going to step out in faith this morning. Bold prayers, right? I love verse 21, at daybreak... They entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. Look what they didn't do. What they didn't do was they didn't delay. They didn't wait. They didn't actually sit and go, let's pray about it for a couple of months before we take some action. At daybreak, they went back into the temple courts. They went straight away because, because and you want to write this down, delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Trust and obey. I lie, trust and obey, for there's no other way. And you'll know this if you work, right? If you work at the moment and your boss asks you to do something, what do you do? You do it, right? As long as it's not illegal or immoral, you do it. You obey your boss. Is that right? Are you listening to this staff team? (laughs) Can I get an amen? You'll know this if you're a parent. You ask your child to do something, what do you want them to do? You're not doing it for the fun of it. You want them to obey, right? You'll know this if you drive and you stop at a red light. You're obeying the highway code. You do all that, don't you, right? You do all you obey your boss, right? Am I right? Yeah, you want your children to obey you, am I right? You obey the highway code, generally, right? I'll tell you a funny story in Luxembourg, we travelled through Europe this summer. Uh, In Luxembourg there was this flash of light on me and I was like, "Ah, it's fine, I'm in Luxembourg, I'm a British citizen, there's no way they're going to catch me. And when when we got back here there was the the letter from the Luxembourg police saying that I'd gone over the speed limit and therefore I had to pay 49 euros or whatever it was. Uh, Do you know how much over the speed limit I was? Yeah. One, one kilometre over the speed limit. And do you know what God said to me through that? It doesn't matter one kilometre. When you're one kilometre, when you're one inch over the other side of the line of God's purpose for your life, is being disobedient. It's breaking the, breaking the law. And God just said it doesn't matter. One thing, one thing, and that can put you on the other side of the line. Ah, so, yeah. I'm telling you, look, when God prompts you, even if it doesn't make sense, obey immediately, obey completely. And that's what these guys, the guys of this book, that's what they did. And then if you flip down to verse 28, you'll see, We gave you strict orders, say the religious teachers, not to teach in his name. Whose name? Jesus. Yet yeah, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. And Peter and the other apostles said, We must obey God rather than men. Say that. We must obey God rather than men. Say it and mean it. We must obey God rather than men. Oh. When you know Jesus like we know him, when you've seen Jesus like we've seen him, when you've heard what we've heard, when you've taken it in, you will say we cannot not talk about him. We cannot not pray to him because boldness is behavior born out of belief belief, and we believe so deeply about this Jesus and about the life that he offers. And it's not an option. It's not a maybe I'll get round to it next week. It's not a, a, well, we could do this. It's a must. It's a we must obey. And when you fall so in love with him, you won't care what anyone else thinks, because you're obeying God rather than men. You won't care if it makes you look foolish, or if your friends at college take their mickey out of you, or if your work colleagues shun you because you follow Jesus, because you're obeying God, because you must obey God rather than men. So they said in this book here that you can threaten to kill us, you can lock us up, you can beat us, but we're not going away. And is that right? Is that right? Do you know how much ground we have retaken for the kingdom of God through this church in just the few years that I've been here? You know, on Thursday, our second service for our Thursday church, we increased in numbers by 100% over the previous week. And I want to get this right because, I, you know, I, figures are important, right? They, they matter to God, but they also matter to his people. I want to say two. Thank you. Three. I wanted to get that bit right. Three people who came to church on Thursday for pretty much the first or second time on Friday night came to Martin Smith and gave their life to our Lord. by the way, Martin Smith didn't cost us a penny. This is Christian, yeah, it didn't cost us a penny. We didn't pay for that at all. We paid for that because we were in the the blessing of God right now. We had Christian rock royalty in this house because we're being obedient to God. And even in that, people are opposing us. That's okay, because we know we must obey God rather than men. I'll leave you with that thought. Let's pray together.
0: For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk